Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylight Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. There's 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's an opportunity to reset our lives, to align ourselves with God, with His Word, with His Holy Spirit, with, with the things that we know that have got out of shape. And reset means to put back into original condition or set again or set differently. And as I said, we talked about a lot about that last week, and it's on the podcast if you want to listen to it. But the two scriptures we used were these. Uh, Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Say, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Maybe you feel like you have been in the wilderness in this last season. Maybe you feel like you have been in the wasteland. Well, God says, no, no, no. I'm making a way in the wilderness. There is a way for you. You know, I'm making streams of water in the wasteland. It is time to reset, to get our focus right, to get ourselves resetting God's perfect will for our lives. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. How can we reset ourselves? How can we set ourselves up this year? How can we be that new creation that 2 Corinthians is talking about? And, and how can we be the witness to our community? How can we reach our community and world in a way that God will want us to do? Well, I reckon the start of this 2018, 21 days of prayer and fasting, is an awesome opportunity and a way to start that. Another scripture I used last week was 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 58, now the message version too. With all this going on for us, my dear dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the Master, confident that nothing you do for Him is a waste of time or effort. Don't hold back. Stand your ground. Throw yourselves in the work of the Master, confident in Him that nothing that you do will ever be wasted. You know, for me, prayer and fasting has been absolutely central to every part of our, our Christian walk, um, particularly the big decisions, the big things, you know, and when, when we're considering playing this church, when we're looking at buying this property, when we were building this auditorium, um, you know, there's so many things that, that you go, wow, this is big, I don't know how to do this, God. And it's just about getting with God. I pray and fast every year, multiple times for three days. You know, before I do vision, I make sure I got pray and fast it up, get the confirmation from God. And that was the same when we planned this church. And you, you probably have heard this story before, but I'm still going to use it again because I just think it's worthwhile, you know, hearing it again. You know, for Robin and myself, we were well planted. We were part of the church at Macquarie and, and we had no real need to want to go anywhere else. We, I was 2IC, an associate pastor. Robin was kids pastor, thriving, doing well in a growing church. But actually had a sense of there's probably more. There's probably just a little bit more, God. What, what is it? What does it look like? And back in 2001, seems a long time ago now, on the 11th of September, there was another significant date, but that was the date I was heading off for, to pray and fast for three days. And that was the date that the Twin Towers were attacked and that terrorism really became evident, in, particularly in America, but in our world. And as I was heading up to Fingal Bay Caravan Park, bought some water, my Bible, a journal, a few preaching MP3s, 
I didn't know if we should plant a church. I didn't know where we would plant a church. On day two, as I stepped out of that caravan onto the ground, I felt like God spoke into my spirit, like as clear as a bell. And it was, it was out of a passage I'd read sort of previously, Joshua 1.3, I'll give you every place you set your foot. And as I stepped on the ground there in Port Stevens, it confirmed in me the if and the where in a few words. Now, the only problem with that was that Robin wasn't so convinced and the kids weren't completely sure either. I've seen Tristan up here to, to, to this morning. She's probably had five years where she hasn't led worship, I reckon. It's probably been that long, hasn't it? She used to lead worship every week. I was banging along on the guitar and, and Tristan was leading worship and Chris, after he got saved, he was playing drums and uh, we were the band, you know, and uh, Claire was playing bass and uh, it wasn't real good, but we enjoyed it. So uh, uh, Andy remember those, Andy and Jan remember those days. Um, so how to go on that? Okay, yes, Robin wasn't that keen. The kids weren't sure whether it was a good idea. And they were teenagers. And we were coming to a place we really didn't know anybody. We didn't know how it was going to go. We weren't sure. And, and um, I think it was the third day, I think Robin came up to the bay and we walked and we prayed together. We went up to, onto Gangan Lookout, which, which is a lovely vantage point because it looks over the region, looks over the houses, the suburbs. You can see a lot of the suburbs from up there. And it represented the people. And as we began praying, we just got a sense of God. And God began to do a new work in our hearts. We both started weeping, more like sobbing. The snot sobs, you know, where the, the snot comes out and, and you, you're trying to get it all together. Well, it's for me anyway. Robin, Robin wouldn't do that. So, um, But I'm not sure why Robin was crying or weeping at that stage, but it felt like for me, God broke my heart. God absolutely broke my heart for this region, right then, right there. And I felt a love and compassion for this region that I can hardly explain even till today. You know, I remember visiting Salamander Shopping Centre and walking through there and wiping tears away as I was walking through and looking at people and families and, and the lost souls that were there. And, and, and this compassion rose up in me for the lost, like it's never really done before. I, I, was, I was happy to get people saved, but I wasn't really that passionate about it. God did something new in me. Anyway, by the time Robin got home that day, she rang and she felt like God had confirmed it in her. She taught the kids and they loved the idea. How amazing is God? You know, I wouldn't have done it unless I had the support of my wife. And, uh, and in this time of prayer and fasting, let me tell you, you can be really specific about what you're praying and fasting for in your life. What you want God to achieve in that time. What you want him to do in you and through you in that space. So, so get specific. You know, when you're doing it for yourself, you know, pray for the church, pray for our community, pray for salvations, pray for all the things that we want. We want revival. We want influence in this place. We want to make a bigger difference. We want to be more significant in this region. We want all that. But for you personally, what do you want God to do in you? What's, what's the thing, the desires of your heart? And I'm going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Let's look at Mark uh, 5, verses 27. Well, I actually won't look at it. I'll just tell you about it. I'll paraphrase it. Mark 5, verses 25, 28, if you want to read along. And we're reading about a, a woman who had a bleeding disease. 
She had it for 12 years. No one could heal her. No doctor helped. In fact, she actually got worse when she went to the doctor. Now, in these days, um, a woman with such a disease was actually ostracized. They were banished to the outskirts of the town because they were labelled unclean. And she would have been separated from her family, from income, from prospects, potential. You know, any, anything that, that she had in her life would have disappeared. And she would have just been surviving, you know, based on what people would bring her food and that sort of stuff, outside the city walls with criminals, lepers and the like. That's where they all went. And this woman got absolutely fed up with her situation. Twelve years. There wasn't like a year or a couple of months. Twelve years. And she decided to pursue Jesus big time when she heard about him. See, it's never too late. No matter what your circumstance is this morning, can I tell you this? It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late for God. You've just got to be desperate enough to seek Jesus in your life, in your circumstances. You know, I heard of someone just recently that said they had a sickness, an illness, a physical illness. And they went on every altar call they could, every single altar call, never got healed, never got healed. This is years and years and years. This one time, they decide to respond in another circumstance where someone prayed for them. They were healed like that. We can't determine God's agenda in this. We don't know why that happens. All we can is have a heart to seek and pursue God in all our circumstances. Twelve years this woman waited before she actually pursued Jesus. She made a decision. I'm fed up with my current circumstance. I've had enough. And her decision would have made no sense to all the lepers and the unclean people around. They said, no, you'll get killed because they'd actually stoned them if people went in, like particularly these type of women that had these bleeding diseases. They were unclean. They were supposed to keep themselves separate. And the Pharisees could have actually got her killed as a consequence of being in the city. But she took a risk. She just thought, I can just reach out to Jesus. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. If I can just touch him. Just touch the hem. Is that me? No? Um, so where was that to? Do I need to get another mic? What's going on? Two, one, two, right? Good. Twelve years. So she decided to go and pursue Jesus. Um, let, let's read that. I'll actually, I've got a, a screen for it from Mark 5, verses 30 to 34. But I'll just read just before that. I think I'll start about verse 27, I think. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately after her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body, she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, at once, Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you to the disciples, yet you can, you can ask, Who touched me? It doesn't make sense. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. 
Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Love that. Love that. Daughter, your faith, your decision, you're fed up with what's going on and you made a choice to actually pursue me. Your faith has healed you. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Have you got something in your life that you're just fed up with? Just had a gutful, just, why is that in my life? Why is that there? Are you seeking Jesus this morning? Is there a decision to be made? There may be a risk. There may be a sense of um, this, though. Your miracle is only a decision away. You and my miracle is only one decision away, just one choice. Reset for that miracle here this morning, for this year. Reset for that. You know, I've just got three Ds here this morning about change and resetting what you can do. The first one's disgust. Now, disgust is a strong word. You think, oh, I don't get disgusted at anything. Well, use disconnect contented or dissatisfied or discouraged or whatever you want to use in that place of disgust. For me, I need strong emotions to make change in my life. I get disgusted at myself. You know, whether it's about my health or my habits or or my my thinking or or my world or my finances or whatever. When I get disgusted, you know what? That's the catalyst for change and it makes a difference. You know, I don't know about you, but maybe you're living with compromise in your life and we allow it to sneak in. It's okay to get disgusted about where you're at, but it's not okay then to do nothing about it. We need to take action. There needs to be a step. There needs to be the next thing that you need to do to overcome that. You know, there's a famous experiment that you would know about where where they put a frog in a fry pan, in a saucepan, sorry, in water, and they just gradually turned up by one degree at a time, one degree at a time, one degree at a time, until finally the, the frog just boils to death. And it doesn't recognize the change in the temperature. And so often we can allow compromise into our lives just like that. We can just that, that little thing, and, I, and that, that'll be all right, and that doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter if I watch that, and it doesn't matter if I'm involved in that, and I can do that because it doesn't really matter. Yes, it does, because it lowers the standard. It lowers your expectations. It, it, it diminishes the opportunity for God to step in. It's when we get disgusted at ourselves, we make a choice to do life differently from this point forward is when things start to happen. This woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years finally got fed up. 12 years. She got the point to try something different because what I'm doing isn't working anymore. Now, you might be like that this morning. Maybe for you it's a health issue, maybe for you it's your finances, maybe for you it's your marriage, maybe it's for you your parenting, maybe for you it's relationships, I don't know what it is for you. Be determined to look at the real situation, the reality of your life. Take a snapshot at this point of the the year and, and get real with yourself. Ask other people's opinions if you need to. Get real, get get transparent, get honest and really evaluate how are you actually going. No, no, not, yeah, I'm okay. No, no, how are you really going? 
And that's just, that leads us to the second point, that the second D is decision. The reset button is decision. Next step is the action part. Do something about it. Make a decision. Don't procrastinate any longer. Don't put it off any longer. If it's your health, if it's your weight, if it's whatever it is, start doing what you need to do to make a difference. Be determined. Start to, to do something about it. It's decision time to reset that in your life. If you get completely fed up with that situation, it's perfect opportunity to make that decision and to follow through on that. You can't blame God because in your circumstances because you're too lazy or too overwhelmed or whatever it is to do something about it. You need to make that decision. Just like this woman made a decision to seek Jesus, to pursue him, to trust him, to risk everything. You know, if you are here last week, we had a three terms, no reserves, no retreat, no regrets. It was a story I used. You'll have to listen to the podcast to hear more about that. Third D is desire desire. Reset your desire. So this woman with the bleeding issue had a desire. Her desire was to get well. She wanted to be well and and she wanted to be healed of this disease. She had a strong desire and that desire lined up with God, with God's purpose. He he wants to heal us all. You know, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Proverbs 10, 24, what the righteous desire will be granted. You see, when we line ourselves up with God's purposes, God's desires, then we get our desires fulfilled in that process. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. And, and for some people, I guess, desires have got a negative connotation. But we're talking about the positive connotation of that, the passion, the purpose, the dreams. You know, like Joseph, you know, the dreams he had as a young man. And it took years and years and years for those to come to fruition. But they did come through. In Mark 10, we read about Jesus leaving Jericho. He's going out of town. He's leaving the city. He's going to Jerusalem for a triumphal entry there. And uh, he and his disciples had a huge crowd around them. But Jesus was stopped by a need, by a desire of a blind man. And it's pretty interesting, Jesus' response, because this is blind Bartimaeus. And, and he was sitting on the side of the road begging. Somehow recognized that this is Jesus, the son of David. And he shouts out to him, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And amongst all the crowds and the noise, uh, Jesus responds in in Mark 10, verse 51. And Jesus asks this question, which he often does, by the way. He asks a question, a response, this call of mercy. What do you want for me to do? What do you want for me to do? You see, Jesus wanted to know what Bartimaeus, his desires actually were. He wanted to know that he could articulate that, that he actually could ask for what he wanted. What do you want? He says, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. Jesus answers very simply, go, your faith has healed you. Very similar to the, the woman with the bleeding issue. Go, your faith has healed you. And immediately he receives sight. This is such a great question for us here this morning, this time of year. What do you want? What do you want? No, no, what do you really want? What are the desires of your heart? Can you articulate those? Because there's no point going to prayer and fasting if you can't articulate what you're hoping God's going to do in you and through you. What do you desire? Do you even know what you want? Can you even articulate what you, you, you feel like you, God has put you in your heart? 
heard this said, faith is built on our positive desires. For blind Bartimaeus, he knew exactly what he wanted. Just one quick sentence. I want to see. I want to see, Rabbi. I want to see. See, we used a verse a little earlier. Don't hold back. Stand your ground. Throw your souls in the work of the Master. God is waiting for us to stir up our desires. Stir up our faith. Stir up our passion. Stir up the things within us. Well, and it's never too late for anyone, can I tell you? I, I, I believe this more and more and more as we get older and, and recognize that God is still doing amazing things, things through so many people that, are, that are, for some would, would write off. They'd say, you should be retired or you shouldn't be doing that. No, no. God's got a purpose and a plan for you. He's going to use you. So often we think we're waiting for God. But God is waiting for us to step out into that purpose, to make the decision, to, to, to take some risks, to, to live in that faith zone, to trust Him more, to experience more, to live more. And He asks you and me every morning afresh, what do you want? Why wouldn't we want to respond to that? Why wouldn't we want to set time aside for that? Yeah, there might be some, some correction and some adjustments needed on the way through. Sure, that's part of the course. But for us, Jesus, every morning, Mercies are new every day, every morning. Every morning. What do you want? What do you want? Reset your disgust, decisions, your desire. And the fourth one I've got here is reset your determination. Man, I don't know. I, I feel like, how can I say this succinctly without, I feel like we've lost our determination. I feel like it's been compromised or, or, or we've got weak in our, our stance. And, and, and that word says, yeah, hold your ground. Stand firm. Don't hold back. Determination is such a big deal in our lives. You know, Romans three, uh, 5, verses 3 to 5. But we also rejoicing in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love in our hearts for the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Determination is resolved to do and see that desire and that dream come into fruition, to do that thing that God has placed in our hearts no matter what takes place. We only fail if we give up. We only fail if we give up, if we go, oh, it's too hard. I don't want to do it anymore. I've got a great story here. I've run out of time. Yeah, I can't use this too long. But basically, we need to persevere in circumstances that look like they're death. I'll, I'll give you a quick snapshot if I can. A guy got overturned his boat in the Southern Pacific Ocean uh, in, in five-story building size seas. He was in a small couple of metre compartment, upside down, couldn't get out, minus two degrees apparently in the boat, frostbite, four days in darkness, no food, could make some water apparently. We had a salt converter machine that produced fresh water. Four days, four days. He could have easily given up in that four days and just go, look, this is too hard. I'm out of here. So one day he just got a little tap on the hull, little tap on the hull, and he responded and he swam out. And there beside him was the HMS AS Adelaide, and they'd found him and another rescue. 
He said, it changed my life. There was a reset point, if you want to put it in our terminology. There was a reset point in my life. He said this, because he wasn't a Christian, but he recognized God in that time. And he said this interesting thing. He said, I became more human. That is, I, I, I judge people less. I spoke harshly less. I actually think it's become more godly as a consequence of that time. You see, determination to hold on no matter when everything looks dark and looks like death and it's finished. I've got a poem to, poem to finish with this morning. It's from a book by Charles Swindle. It says this, Press on. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination are alone alone are important. You know, we think it's time to give up when we get some resistance. If you grow a sapling tree in a vacuum with all the all the nutrients it needs, all the water it needs, all the sunlight it needs, without the resistance from the wind, it at some stage just topples over. It can't support its own strength. The resistance, the tough stuff in life, builds strength in us. Determination to see it through no matter what. If God's put it in your heart, He will see it through. It's up to us not to give up in the process of that. Young people, I particularly feel like Sometimes we take the easy route these days. You know, we just take the route of less resistance. But God's put in your heart. You need to pursue that with all your heart. And you never give up. Never give up until God says to give up. Hold on to that dream. Hold on to that desire. Hold on to that thing God has put within you. Because he will bring it to fruition. He will bring it into reality. It's up to us to do the holding on. And he just goes, yep, it's time. It's time. Like that woman with the, the bleeding disease. Just a touch of his gar- the hem of his garment can make all the difference. Can bring the healing, can bring the change, can bring the things that you need in your life. Let's stand, church. Let's stand. I don't know where you are this morning in your life, in your circumstances. Everything might be fantastic, and that's wonderful. I'm so glad for you. But for many, it's not that way. And here this morning, as a symbolic way of finishing this service, I would just really like you to lift your hands. Just lift your hands if you can. If you can't do that, that's fine, if that's foreign. But but if you can do that this morning. And, and I just want you to close your eyes and just put yourself in the situation of that woman who needs that, that disease, disease healed. And Jesus is just there. He's like, for you and for me, he's just there for all of us. But we've got to do the stretching. We've got to do the reaching out. We've got to do the risking. We've got to make the decision. We've got to get disgusted with our circumstances. We've got to have that desire in our heart. We've got the determination to get to Jesus in that situation. And whatever that is for you this morning, lay it open for Jesus and say, God, I need you to do a miracle here. I need you to do a miracle in my circumstances, in my family, in my situation, in my finances, in those relationships, in my, in my kids, in my parents, in whatever it is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we give you all the honor and the glory here this morning, God. We love you, God. We seek your face. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. 
We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.